Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 66. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by Yeasty Boys, um, Le Petit Chocolat, and Tea Leaf Tea. Um, this was conversation with Daddy Mulheron. He's a uh, he's an actor, a filmmaker, uh, a producer, a writer. Uh, he's worked extensively in theatre. He's a, uh, a musician. Um, I I didn't know Daddy. I've I've known who he is for a long time. Obviously, known a lot of his work. I've seen him around town, and uh, we sort of I think he knows who I am. We've sort of smiled and waved to one another, and we have connected online, had a few conversations. Funnily enough, I. As I sometimes do, I put out there on the Facebook page, hey, who, who do you guys want to hear from? Who do you want me to try and get in touch with an interview? And when I put that up last, um, Danny actually wrote and said, me, meaning himself. And uh, I, 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 honestly, he was always on my list. Uh, and we talk about this in the podcast, my list is in my head. So it's not, not necessarily the best place for it. I should really write it down. But uh, so as soon as he said that, I wrote to him and said, well, look, I've always wanted to talk to you. Let's do this. And uh, you know, a couple of days later, he was round at my house. Now it was my first time properly meeting him. He—I uh, want to set the scene a little bit. He—I uh, left the door open because I play music, and when I ask people to come round, I can't always hear them knock on the door, so I just sort of leave the door open. Um, so next thing I hear, this person calling out. I walk down the hallway to see him. He—he he bounds down the hallway with the enthusiasm of a teenager. Well, probably something far more enthusiastic than a teenager. Actually, that's a bad, bad example. Um, he bounds down the hallway straight past me, sees a low, straight past me, sees a piano. Uh, who plays the piano? He jumps onto the piano and I said, no one. And he goes, oh, well now I do. And he starts playing the playing the piano and chatting away. And, and uh, so I was like, wow, this is great. How do we how do we contain this? How do we, how do we record this? Didn't record any of the piano playing, but managed to get him to sit in one place for, uh, I imagine, getting to know him through the course of this conversation, the length of time he sat down still talking to me, I would imagine it's probably a record. Uh, Daddy is just uh, a life force. Um, and so we tried to talk a little bit, well, I tried to get him to talk a little bit about some of his achievements, some of his jobs, if you like, uh, some of the things he's done. Um, what, what ended up happening, uh, and you'll hear this, is uh, it's a bit more of a rumination on the arts. It's a bit more of a, a dialogue. Uh, quite often it's a monologue. Um, it's a bit of a discussion around authenticity, around, you know, what's what what's real, what we perceive as being real and honest and, and crucial in the arts and, and, and uh, you know, stripping away the, the rubbish. Um, so it's a conversation like this. And... Um, you know, we do get to talk about some of his stuff, just so you know. I mean, I first kind of found out about him because of the program Skits. You'll, you'll probably know a few weeks ago I talked to Lindy Jane Rutherford, so his name came up there and I was reminded of him there. Um, that's really how I got to know him. But he was a child actor. He did some adverts and he was in Close to Home, the old classic Kiwi soap. Uh, from there, he's done all sorts of things. He was in one of the costumes and meet the feebles he also wrote some of the music for that um, he's directed TV movies documentaries he's recently done uh, you know one on Edmund Hillary is just a huge range of things that he's done he's written a lot of plays he's uh, yeah he's he's as I say he's a life force he's a, a, a funny he was a stand-up comedian he's a funny man he's a, an angry man possibly uh, I just really dug his energy and I'm looking forward already to having a chat with him again and I really hope you dig this this is episode 66 me 
kind of talking to, mostly listening to Danny Mulher and holding the microphone, hoping that we got it, um, wondering if there was a leash in the house that I might need to grab, all of those things. But uh, yeah, buckle up. We start off mid-flight, him sort of, he's already talking about criticism and he's talking about, I guess, me and some of the things that have happened with me that he knows about. And we just sort of go from there. And I think we kind of almost end up back there. We, we end up with me kind of desperately asking him for some work. So, uh, you know, uh, that, that, it's a big conversation and I hope you like it. It's me and Danny Ball here. Criticism is really important and, and this idea that you can be not critical yeah. <laughs> and be a critic is ridiculous. I love criticism. Well, Real we, criticism. We want I think it's fantastic. In fact, you know, my old mate Brian Sargent, yeah. whenever I got a terrible review or something, he would insist on reading it. He'd take it out, cut it out. Really? And in inappropriate moments, like at the pub or stuff, he'd read it out loud to people, you know. <laughs> like, appalling waste of talent or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> and I thought that was terrific. Because it really gets you over it. Yeah. And and you believe it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, your story is, 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 is really classic New Zealand. Because I always think anyone who tours New Zealand is is not worth going to. Their career must be over. You know, if you're not <laughs> if you're here, level, what yeah. the fuck are you doing in the this cruise ship, yeah. which is trapped? It's like an isolated cruise ship with three million people yeah. and can't go anywhere. Yeah. And you're coming to be an entertainer on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't New Zealand the place you want to get out of? That was how I was brought up, anyway. Well, not how, that I ever left. I was going to say, how did you? How did that work out for you? How did you I manage failed, that? <laughs> Um, Did you try? Like, oh shit, yes. But I, I suppose I've got a self-destructive genome, or whatever you call it, some, mm. something that is destroys the very thing I want. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I worked in LA, and I, I have had a successful, I suppose, whatever the fuck that means, career. Yeah. But I'm not a careerist at all. I like reading, I sit in the sun, I love doing nothing, I'll sit and stare at a fire for hours. I, I read German literature, I play the piano sometimes and wish I could get better. I, you know, I, I'm not obsessed by movies, I don't watch a lot. Yeah. I'm not obsessed by television. I like, um, I don't go to comedians, I really don't. And I used to do it, stand up and all sorts of things, but I, I, I sort of something happened, and I tried to go back to it, and I failed dismally in a terrible gig at Barbodega. Yeah. Where I thought I've got to bite it. It's my own lack of courage which is fucking me up. And I used to do a character called Phineas O'Diddle, which was way back in away laughing days. He was a used to you know a liberal white priest who used to torment this Maori guy Hori. Why Gordy, it's Hori, you know, it's really dumb old jokes. Yeah, yeah. Musical almost. Yes. And I used to do that as a stand-up kind of routine, which Dave Armstrong and I wrote. And uh, I tried it again at Bar Bodge, but no one listened. No one listened. <laughs> and I was just, I was no match for the rock bands or anything. Yeah. Did Brian Sargent read you the review the next day? Or? There was not even that good. It wasn't, I don't think anyone <laughs> yeah. reviewed Bodge. It was yeah. just before Between Tim Gigs mm. and everyone was just yelling and I couldn't make an impact and I was just looked like a bad, a fucking idiot. And was that... They told me that someone yelled out, fuck off. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, it was that bad. And I suppose I'm a coward in that sense. Well, was that so like I, a eureka moment or the opposite of a eureka moment? Like, a, was that a... Well, right, no. I won't do this again, or did you? No, I, I used have to do. Go? I, no, I, I, 
I, I trust material. Mm. And um, I don't think, oh, I can just get up there and talk. Sometimes at a wedding or something like that. Mm. Or, 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 you know, like this. But, you know, that stuff, it's about material and mastering it. Yeah, yeah. And mastering your audience as well. Knowing the gig, knowing you prepared things. And uh, that I hadn't done. It was the wrong venue, wrong act, yeah. wrong crowd, wrong time, everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't just a. It was like suicide. Yeah. And um, and it was uh, destined to fail in it. Did. And and that was partly my own lack of. You know, I thought it was about me just not having the balls to do it anymore. Right. Um, but it's it's more than that. It was a kind of boredom as well with myself, um, of doing the th- same thing again. Yeah. As, you know, I used to do Gormsby as a stand-up, and that's probably forgotten what it is, you know, in, you know, as a, before it was made into a TV program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember doing it at Bats here, early on, and it was full of the same sort of comics we see now on yeah. television all over the place. People who thought they were funny. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm funny. I'll because the two best mates be type of yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was bullshit. And I would sit there and I would be really like, like this. I'd be, I'd take my cup because I'd mm. be erotic mm. and try and imagine I was with people I loved. Yeah. You know, like friends. Like yeah. I'm pretending I'm with people you shine with. Yeah. And just going over my material and, um, and everyone thought I was a dweeb. Yeah. I wasn't drinking. Yeah. Didn't have any booze at all. Yeah. Uh, was sitting in a stupid costume and a stupid little suit. Fucking going over my lines and things. Yeah. And they're all, hey, go have a drink, damn, you know, all this. And I fucking, it was a good gig. Mm. You know, you mm. all are in each, you know, the, the, it was that, the, one of the older routines of it. You know, the boy is responsible this, I am not going to cane, no, it's far more serious than that. <laughs> oh, it's not detention. Boy is responsible for this, I am going to fuck. <laughs> and I'm not doing your nabby pabby <laughs> buggery you might get from Mr. Undervassel, the music teacher. No! No boy has been fucked by Gormsby comes back for a second helping. And I, you know, it was really good fun. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they thought you can't, you can't do anymore. Well, I, why not? Can, well, weirdly enough, it's been sold to Americans. Right. It's just been, well, wow. they've got a production company yeah, in, yeah. in LA yeah. has bought an option on it. Mm. So fucking grow, go mm. for it. I well, love that. When um, when I did it, it didn't go down. Listen, when you say now, it's yeah. just, it was worse. You live in the Arrow Valley. This is the. It was worse. <laughs> We're a very prudish society now. But this used. To, I hate the fucking Arrow Valley. Yeah, I oh, wanted to cool could, down. I'm glad you could uh, make it. I wanted to pull it down, and turn it into a goddamn car park or something. Yeah. A McDonald's. Put a McDonald's in Arrow Valley. It would be my. It'd be fantastic. I never liked the Arrow Valley until I lived here. I, I like it. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. lived here myself. I've yeah. lived in bloody Holland Street. No, I know all what you're saying. I know but what you're saying. used to have. You know that dairy. They tried to ban pornography from the dairy and yeah. all sorts of shit yeah. in the eighties. So it's not changed. Yeah, right. And the same people are here. Probably. What I mean is, um, you know, we're going to get to that point where movies, TV, whatever, are already starting to mingle. The forms are starting to, you know, be almost inseparable. And then they're going to be broadcast first and foremost on something like Facebook as a platform rather than on a network and then things like that mini monologue you just gave will be um, ripped into by people completely misunderstanding the oh, concept. Oh, I hope so. You want that? Jennifer? I hope so. I don't mind. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, the thing that I keep saying with, and Dad, who was a really educated guy, but the drain there, left school at 14, but mm. in that era when, you know, working class people decide, fuck, we're not dumb. Yeah. And he was fantastic scholar and became a very 
influential within his circle of, educa of educationists. Once he gave up sort of manual labour, he became a teacher. And he always used to say, if it's not, if it doesn't hurt, it's no good. You know, in terms yeah, of humour. Yeah, yeah. And there's got to be an element of... Yeah. I don't know, I don't mean suicidal, uh, confessional, or even crude, um, but truth of some sort. Yeah, it's, that's the thing I've and, always and, and, uh, you know, it gets with the poetry. I'm not interested in really the literature of it. Yeah. I'm interested in... The heart of it. Are you... Are you hitting it? Yeah, yeah, he hit that bloody thing right on the nail with right. that silly comma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, he got yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what gets me. And I, I love that. And all we're li really living, uh, to, uh, you know, is you watch movies as a kid to learn how to smoke or drink or kiss. And we still do that. We still watch things and read things. And how the fuck did they handle yeah. what I think I'm going through? Mm. I'm suffering, why should I suffer and not everyone else? Why should I suffer and not Reese Darby? You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> Reese Darby's, Darby's not suffering. His audience, well, think, his audience should be. I've, I've been amongst it and his audience well, should I, be. It's, it's, but they're not it's suffering. It's not my either. gig. I don't go to comedians partly because of myself, because I, I feel lonely. Why would I go there to make myself laugh? Why would I hire someone to make me laugh? You know, I, I think we've. A mate of mine, Mike Shields, who I think is fucking funny, and yeah. he's a shelf stacker at Common Sense. But my friends make me laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I have a really good laugh. And he said, "We we used to have jesters in a court. And now we've got a court. We've got nothing but jesters. Yeah. There's no court anymore. <laughs> yeah. And the jesters are entertaining each other. And I think there's that. So I just don't go to comedians. So I haven't seen any of Reese's shows. Well, they switch hats, Tory. though, don't they? The jesters just put on the illegal hat where they want to on Facebook or whatever and decide that they're the court, that they didn't like this particular thing because it's set oh, out of line. Well, I, I just don't... I just feel lonely. It's like going to a... Why do men go to prostitutes? It's, is it for the sex? Yes. And it's also for... They're lonely. There's something they want. And they want forgiveness or they want uh, some sort of female validation of themselves or something, I don't know, whatever yeah, 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 yeah. but, um, and that's what comedians, I go there, there's funniest shit happening every day, just looking at it just watching anywhere if yeah. you look at it right, yeah, yeah. it's funny shit going on, and, and, and comedians as soon as a comedian does it, I kind of feel like it's been ruined a bit <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really interested I'm really interested in this kind of blurring of lines, like some of the best comedy I'll, I've, I think of is when something really funny happens in the middle of quite an excruciating, intense dra oh, drama, course. right? Or these sitcom kind of things that actually go for minutes on end, not even trying to get a laugh, like Louis C.K.'s show, where they're like little short films, basically, standalone short films. Well, Louis C.K., I can see why you identify with them, um, physically. Uh, you know. <laughs> but he's suffering. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he, to me, he's like, a, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that every single thing he's done is amazing and without criticism. But to me, he hits the mark because he's like a modern day philosopher. Well, Louis C.K. is interesting, and I don't know if this is true, and I've not done any research, but uh, oh, but I start. guarantee <laughs> that he would know his material really well. Oh yeah. And you know, I, there was a Noel Coward thing, and Noel Coward, I know, is completely out of date. But yeah. that guy used to be called the master. Yeah. And because he, he was light, precise, clear, his attitudes were of his time, but he was very sharp. And effort, everything was effortless. Yeah. And Louis Keyes, you know, and he said, 
the seagulls know my routines better than anyone. Yeah. All my bon mots, everything's been, well, uh, no, you know, thought about and tried on the seagulls. Yeah. And I'm sure Louis, C Louis C.K. does the same. Walks yeah. along a beach and tries it out to himself and gets it right. And practices it enough to know it's just going to be there when you need it. Well, he's he he really made his name amongst the other comics and and comedy audiences for the fact that he would do a new show every year, just toss everything out and start again pretty much rather than become like the Rolling Stones playing Satisfaction yeah, every yeah, night yeah. he wouldn't do the comedy he wasn't going to do that. a tribute band to himself no he was yeah. never going to do the obvious bit you know that's the, the right. one that went down well he'd, that's fine like commit it to tape put out a comedy special recorded DVD whatever it exists it's on YouTube people watch it they can rewatch it but the next show you go and see the next tour is a whole new set yeah and not many people do that, you know. I, I, I don't want to pick I, on. I don't want to pick on Reece Darby, but no, when no, there's I, a flat spot in his well, show. You here, do, but well, I, uh, uh, it is fun. I, 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 I don't. Like, I don't think that's a problem. I, I think we should. We, you know, there's no, no more hell more than a person who's got the audacity to try and think they're funny. Yeah. And yeah. I remember being when I did, and this was stuff that a lot of it was, you know, amateurish, and I didn't know what I was doing. But when mm. we did skits years ago, mm. I was attacked. Yeah. You know, by some guy who thought I wasn't funny and actually knocked to the ground, you know. And uh, fortunately we had Farnay and Hori who were much bigger and tougher yeah. than I and liked, seemed to like getting into altercations. But, um, you know, and I wasn't... I was just happy to be working and, and really happy. And it was hugely demanding and not funny always or anything, but it was really... It was it, it, it was a great training ground. Sketch comedy sort of doesn't seem to be on our televisions anymore. No. Um, and for young kids, you know, and at that time mostly boys. Well, there was that um, funny girls or whatever it was called. The funny funny business. No, no, no. This is, I'm old, the, man. Uh, all sort of female. Um, actors oh and yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. Which that's is kind right. of a comeback too. Well, yeah. it does come back to ske sketch comedy. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm like not. You're right. It'd been absent for a long time. And it's partly because it's expensive to produce, or yeah. you know, they don't want. I to... talked to Lindy Jane Rutherford recently, so we talked about skits, and I was oh, yeah. amazed um, how oily rag it was. Oh yeah, we're in a car yeah. park. Yeah, it was yeah. great fun though, and you know we got some good. I they used to watch end. that. I mean, I was still at school, but I used to. I was living in Hawke's Bay, and I watched that show. Yeah. And and thought it was sometimes rubbish and sometimes oh, great. Of course. Like I loved no, but I loved it. I tuned yeah. in for it. But I, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Say, I could never say I was the biggest fan. No, no, it, neither it, should it, you be. It baffled me, and that's I think what I liked about it. The fandom thing. See, that's what I think is really what we've trained. Yeah. It's not that our comics have got better, but we our audiences have got easier or something. And, I, and uh, you know, so it's like America. You just need to. You know, I went to a play which was ruined. Mm. By, with a good actor in it, I can't remember that John Big Dude. I can't remember his name. John Lithgow. Yeah. Right. Anyway, he walked on stage and everyone started clapping. Yeah, like because. And I just wanted to leave. Yeah, yeah. I said, "What the fuck?" Yeah. It was like, when did we whoop? Yeah. When did we start whooping? I remember the only whoops I liked were on Erebus. You know, fucking. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what the fuck? Yeah, and yeah. people seem to have had clapping and whooping lessons. And what? 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 And the it's sort of this affirmation, yes, yeah, so that and, and that you support someone, so you support them through all their rubbish stuff as well. Which, like, I get the idea that as a fan, you buy into the rubbish stuff, but you can still think it's rubbish. Like all my favourite musical acts, like the Beach Boys and Lou Reed and Bob Dylan, they've all done dreadful material, well, and I'm fascinated. What by is that. rubbish? And I'm. Well, where are the things? I think a part of the duty of anyone who's any 
got any critical faculty yeah. is to look where people aren't looking yeah. and to know where that is. And I've been really, uh, you know, unwisely, and you'll know about that, um, uh, contrarian. Yeah. So I remember even in skits, you know, this girl saying, oh, I hate that Benny Hill and all that shit, and, you know, and it's all old-fashioned and old pervy stuff, and it's right. I said, I guarantee we'll pull them, we'll get the biggest laughs of the day, having yeah. a couple of bums on and me chasing you yeah, around a sofa. Bit of having you in a, a bosomy dress yeah. and me as an old man chasing you around a sofa, I guarantee we'll get massive big laughs. Yeah. Yeah, we did. You did. And, and, yeah. I, and we, enjoy, we enjoyed it. Just like the and you know, Mar uh, what's his name? That guy had a, a discussion about. Um, and I'm not. A, I don't watch anything religiously. But Mar Brown's Boys. Oh yeah. You're right. Which, at the time, you know, the the sort of hipster brigade. Oh fuck, he's awful, awful. Apart from the bit where he talks to the camera, which is kind of postmodern or some shit. But it's pure musical. Yeah. But I said that that guy's got chops, man. He really has. If well, I went to a show with him, a live show, he would have me. He's fucking. Yeah. See, I, I haven't watched it enough. I find it pretty awful. But, yeah. But I get exactly what you're saying about. Here's, not, a guy, here's a guy who knows how to make it work, and he's and he's, he's got, got he's done it. He's prepared his audience. He's yeah. Got his family. I, all that. He's I done it. I understand that. And I can. I like that sort of mastery. Yeah. And that's why I like Knock Out. I went to that Tom Waits tribute band. Yeah. That was on. At the arts festival. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, 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 I went to that. Yeah, and I, I, I went home afterwards feeling kind of sort of enjoyed it and sort of disappointed at the same time. It was clever, but it was too clean, wasn't it? Like, well, it was, it was, I, I just sort of thought, fuck yeah, it was like seeing a, I watched an impersonation of Denzel Washington by some really brilliant black comic yeah. on YouTube. And once you'd, I'd seen it, I thought, fuck yeah, he's nailed him actually. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's just a shtick. And, and uh, that's what I felt. I felt yeah. that's the shtick. But also, how can you. I mean, I. I, I, get I went and played Noel Coward after that because <laughs> I thought, wonder what Tom Waits would sound like playing yeah. as if played by Noel Coward. <laughs> really fast and really daintily. And, yeah. you know. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I think there's a version of. Better off without her wife. Well, there's, you know? a, there's, a, there's a version of Tom Waits that kind of wanted to be that early on. You know, he worked really hard at the. You know, yeah. he sort of failed as an earnest folky singer-songwriter. Um, failed, but got you know a couple of songs picked up and recorded by the Eagles, which propped him up for a while. Yeah. And then he invented this, you know, Bukowski meets Beefheart, you know, character, kind of character. Right. And 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 I, I love Tom Waits. Oh, I do too. I love his. I think his songs. They're sort of sea shanties. Yeah. And uh, he, he sort totally. of picks up. But how can you have Tom Waits without any grip, which is what that yeah. show had, you know? It, yeah, it showed yeah. that the songs can be moved around. It, it, it showed. The, it and, was the arts festival version of Tom totally. Waits. Totally. They were very clever. I went and saw Tom Waits here, actually. Oh, back in like 88 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And he got fucking food. Yeah. For yeah. playing Watsy Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> and he could not understand for the life of him. No, I bet. And he didn't. What the fuck? And he's got his own version. Yeah, exactly. So, so he didn't deserve and, to get and, and these idiots, you know, and I We're just not, thought, oh. Probably thought that he thinks New Zealand's part of Australia just by... Well, who cares? Exactly. He wasn't thinking anything. He thinks, like a lot of people have, it's a great... The person who ever wrote the tune, and the, you know, it was Banjo Patterson probably wrote Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fantastic pop song. That's a yeah. fucking awesome yeah. song. Yeah. By anyone's standards. Yeah. And he recognised that. And he likes... Singing it has that rise right. and fall of a sea shanty type thing yeah. too, doesn't it? And uh, I, I, my wife hates Tom Waits because she <laughs> finds she's real Auckland girl guitar boy bands, and I'm sort of you know, 
grinded out type of person. Yeah. And uh, so. It's, it's, it's really interesting because I love his lyrics too. I think his, his lyrics are great and his storytelling. Yeah. Really great stories. So I'm, I'm, I enjoy that and I don't know how we got onto that. But I, see, I, I found those, I like those concerts and I often go, to, I'd rather go to a lecture about ast astronomy. Yeah. And I'll get more laughs out of that. Yeah. Because they're, often those lecturers who do these things are really good speakers and yeah. funny. Yeah. And then I will go to see someone who's trying to make me laugh. And I think, oh, fuck, that's already half over. Yeah. Because the, the, there's a desperation there already. <laughs> Attention whore, leave me alone. I don't want to know. <laughs> I want to I wanna go back to where you came from and how you got to, um, like, we can ramble again. But I wanna, I'm sorry. I, no, 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 I love it. But I want to, because here's the thing, like, we've never met. Like, we met 20 minutes ago when you came in the door. But we sort of know each other. Yeah. yeah. We sort of know each other's work. And I, you're a guy, I see you around town all the time. I've lived here for over 20 years and I've seen you, you know, walking around town. Oh, yeah. And I've been aware of who you are because I watch skits and, you know, have seen your name pop up before and after. Like, and, and, you know, I, I probably thought that that was where you got your start back when I was watching it. But mm. I see that that's not the case from, you know... From I, did a, I was an actor when I was five. Exactly. Six. So, so uh, the first is... thing I was in was a thing called Ink Pink. Oh, I was in a Kodak ad, one of those Kodak kids, yeah. when I was about three, which I can't remember, uh, holding a beach ball. Not with a bare ass. I yeah. wasn't like that, but I was a little kid with a So are you ball. Wellington born and Yeah, yeah. Becca yeah. Karori, Tisdall Street. Yeah, so who puts you up for that ad? Mum? We had a neighbour who was a photographer. And it was a still campaign, yeah. so it wasn't TV. We didn't mm. have a TV, um, and I was only three, and I was obviously a cute-looking kid or something. Yeah. And I, this photographer who did these handy and nearby as well. Yeah, yeah and he had Might a studio. It was obviously used just used me as a model for it. Yeah. And then Mum used to write these stories about me. It was awful. I'm, I, I can't disappoint Mum. It wouldn't matter if I was, you know mass murderer with all oh, but what how many people he killed you know so <laughs> he was really good at it <laughs> yeah. she's so proud of me and i've been trying to make a disappoint her for years and not really succeeding and uh then I, I i just i've never had anything else i've never had a real job i was just performing right i didn't really hated school because i hated homework yeah. But I often did shows and things all through school. Got close to home when I was in 14 or 15. Yeah, so I was going to say, close to home is like, I only have a, a thin da, da. memory of People that. only remember the tune. Yeah. You know, da 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 Who wrote that? The Jack Body. Right. Who, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, uh, who yeah. wrote it. And that's what, yeah. poor bastard, he's a great composer. And that's yeah. the only tune people remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did, did all the sophisticated work. Oh, yeah. All his Gamelan orchestra yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then... Da, 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 da. It was a good tune. Anyway, it was fun. And my teacher at school, Frank Edwards, got me a part in that, which I, I sort of only half got. Phil Gordon got the older brother. I got the younger brother. And yeah. I was one of the older brother. Yeah. I wrote, remember writing to Sam Pillsbury, desperate to get into uh, The Scarecrow, mm. which I loved. I read mm. that when I was 13, mm. which is the perfect time to read Ronald Drew Morris. Because mm. it's all about pu puberty really mm. you know they're really great stories mm, mm. and uh and i do desperate to get in and i had an audition but i was too scrawny or some something i don't know one of my friends got it damn it <laughs> um uh and 
Yeah, so I was I was around. And so about, do you make it? And anyway, close to home lasted for what, a year or six months, and I was still at school. Had a lot yeah. of money, you know. Tried to buy friends by buying dope. Do you stay at school or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I had a lot of time off. Yeah, yeah. And I had money. But which, I mean, afterwards, so you you, you could yeah, play at yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like anyone did in those seventies, you know, really didn't know what else. Turned to do. up and yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I remember my teachers. We studied the teachers. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember one thing about African subsistence farming or anything. That right, one of yeah, yes. Yeah. But um, horticulture on <laughs> some level is what you're saying. Well, I wasn't even into dope, but I was heading <laughs> right. Money. You just and knew of course, that people might be if you I, had it. Uh, yeah, and I was a little kid. Yeah. Uh, and probably irritating. And so the cool dudes sort of embraced me. But I, 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 I didn't like them in the end. They were assholes. Yeah. And I've always had some, something about those groups that become the best yeah and I really don't want them yeah. I don't want to be a part of them because they can miss the point I remember a, a, the, the art class at Wellington High where the so-called groovy kids hang out and there was this Christian kid who was not a bad artist but he he was there and they had a common room about the size of this with all their graffiti and you know cube balls to Picasso, you know, and there were cubes yeah. and you know, all that shit that kids yeah, do. Yeah. And a lot of it was obscene and sexual. Anyway, this Christian guy, very devout Christian, I can't remember his name, he painted it all right, all over. Just completely painted the room white and nice and clean again. Yeah. Anyway, these kids went off their fucking nut at him. <laughs> Rather than say, oh, well, Jesus, okay. And, and this poor kid was so sort of ashamed or mortified by himself, he went and wrote it all back up. All this graffiti, he, yeah. what he could remember, he went and wrote up on the wall. Yeah. And I felt terribly sorry for him. I thought, <laughs> oh, these bastards. Yeah. And, you know, so I know what it's like. To, it's music. Mm. You know, man, the music snobbery is so bad. Mm. And I'm sure it still is. Like, I remember admitting to someone I liked Cat Stevens at some stage. At when I was in my teens, and, and you know, fact, that was really a no-no. It was yeah. Muddy Waters or some fucking authentic Taj Mahal, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, it's Cat Stevens, that sickening shit. You know, and I, and I think, what the fuck? So I insisted after that just to get, you know, 20 best-ofs. Never buy an album. Yeah. Just best-ofs, fuck you. Yeah. They're, they'll do me, and they usually have. Mm, mm. I'm not going to get into that your whole into, thing. It plays into your <laughs> idea of... Um, like with theatre or anything oh, yeah, absolutely. Of, it, of it hitting its mark. Sexy. You know, that's what a great, that's I what made a more money out of it. I made more, before skits or any of that, I, yeah. I did, you know, I, I was very earnest left-wing kid. Yeah. And, you know, marching against everything and very, but I never, um, I didn't really hate any right-wingers. I didn't, I just, I, I just did that because I was passionate about things. Yeah. But then after the Mervyn Thompson incident, which I was deeply involved in, not that I knew him, I'd never heard anything, but I got out of drama school and I've done a lot of cabarets, like I played the piano, Allegro Gestapo, you know, sharing and caring, all these cabarets. Yeah. Um, which we did at the Cricketer's Arms, Death of a Jazz Critic, all this shit, uh, you know, which I really enjoyed, with a lot of musos. And, um, Anyway, the, the, I was in a play with Chong Strong or Scrim by Mervyn Thompson, and then he got tied up and accused of rape by some women in Auckland, and it became a big cause celebre about 
course, if that's how you say it, yeah. about uh, about well, what we think about now, political correctness and whether and that, so we were under a lot of pressure as a co-op, which was for the depot at that stage, to not do the play. Yeah. To stop it. Because of who it was connected to. Yeah, because the author was had... accused of rape, yeah. which never proved. It was just complete. You know, it's not. It wasn't like. I, and my point wasn't whether I couldn't give a fuck if he was a rapist. I couldn't. It wasn't. We're not doing the play because of that. And if he was, I, I don't. I'd still do the play. And yeah. if he isn't, which it isn't, well, he wasn't proven. I don't. It's, it's not relevant to me. Yeah. Yet I was the only person in that little co-op who felt that way, and there was a lot of pressure put on that co-op from people in the All Valley. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, to pull out of that. Mm. And they eventually did in this terrible, awful new way of voting where you voted one at a time. And we had bloody women against pornography there, we had unions, we had the depot admit, representative who didn't really represent it. And I'm still friends with those people, they're good people, I'm not, they're under a lot of pressure, and we caved in. And my fury at this, yeah. my feeling of what the hell? Yeah. What? I couldn't even understand the, the logic of the person and the work as being the same. That's it, bro. And I, I'm hoping like hell, because we've got all these sort of semi-celebrities like um, Gary Glitter or who's yeah. the other guy who get found out for being oh. rooting someone underage. Yeah, something. yeah, Cliff Richard is... Well, yeah, well, I don't think... I don't know about Cliff Richard, no. but I don't, I don't... It's none of... Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think... I'm hoping yeah. that Paul McCartney gets done. <laughs> Not because he's done anything. Just because it would be cool, he'd become interesting for a second, and he probably did. Fucking New Zealand girls are throwing themselves at the Beatles. Well, How the fuck do you know if they were 15 or 16? Yeah, yeah. You know, or 18. Who cares? I'm not saying it's Jimmy, Jimmy Page is surely the one that's. Yeah, yeah, happy. Jimmy Savile. Well, I, Jimmy well, Page. No, you're thinking of Jimmy Savile, but I say Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, surely. Well, listen, I'm not saying, but something's going to come out. Would it mean point? his music is gone? Yes. Well, it's For a lot of people. And, and this is an you. issue that really is really at the heart of things, mm. where we the person and the work, mm. or the person and what they represent, is really mixed up. Okay, so here's and there, but for the grace of God, man, you know we're all got something. Here's the guy that I have. I, 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 I sort of understand what you're saying, and I, I, I pretty much agree. Like I've been able to um, stay listening to music and enjoy it by people who've done bad things. But um, and found out to have. But um, where I kind of side with the, the the other side is the Bill Cosby thing. I find that very trippy. But I love Fat Albert. Yeah. Oh, same. And but Bill Cosby as a person, and particularly as a as a stand-up, and then as a sitcom star, traded on an identity that is clearly very false. He created a G-rated character. As, as, as recent as before the allegations, but about five years ago, he refused to go on Mark Maron's podcast because it's called What the Fuck, and he told Mark Maron, <laughs> he told Mark Maron with, a, with a straight face, yeah, you just, I won't go on that because there's, that's, that's, you know... He's a hypocrite, yeah, and he, he did only, that, yeah, he did that, but he, he used did, to be lecturing black community about exactly, morals tell, Yeah, exactly, telling, telling black teenagers they need to pull their damn pants up because they're embarrassing the race. It's his best routine yet, don't you think? Well, as a... <laughs> Yeah, possibly. But well, isn't it? Well, Cosmically a joke? Yes, it is. But I'm just it's saying. It's terribly tragic for those women who got bloody whatever. And I, I know, but, you know, 
Come on. I, I, listen, I'm not forgiving Bill Cosby. I'm going to get hate mail yeah. for this. But I, I'm nothing to do with I don't know Bill Cosby. No. Um, I liked Fat Albert. I liked that stuff. I liked the Cosby. Sort of. No, I didn't really like the Cosby show. Mr. Huxtable. Yeah. You know, but that idea of the, you know, you know we're, what was the most popular program during the apartheid era in South Africa? Was the Cosby show. Right. I mean, and why is that? Because it's fucking white bread. Yeah. It's, why can't black people be like this? Yeah. And it's really interesting. And that anodyne whiteness is what fucks me off. Even about our, like I had a, you know, I'm completely out of touch, I think. I, and I, I realise that, and yeah. I am being contrary, but for happily, instance, happily so. No, not happy. Really? I would never say I was happily anything, <laughs> um, because that's a dangerous thing to dare someone to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know that, but I, I certainly have touch of nerves that, like for instance, <laughs> you, know, I know, you know, this is a hard person to criticise because it's, he's so popular, but I think it's worth looking at. And because I'm a filmmaker myself, people are going to say, oh, it's just sour grapes, and he's not successful as this guy, and he's just saying that. Mm. And yes, that is also true. Okay, <laughs> so get yeah. that out of the way. Yeah. But, for instance, I, I talking about a, a thing like Wilder People, yeah. which I thought was anodyne. And uh, I thought Sam Neill was ordinary, had a cute fat kid, and was kind of good. I thought Rima was terrific. I thought Stan Kingy, Troy Kingy was good. But the race aspect had been taken out of it completely, as far as I could tell. Mm. And I said that, because I remember the book, Puha and Pakeha, is it? Uh, uh, Puha, no, it's not Puha and Wild, Pakeha, wild Pork uh, and Watercress. Yeah, Wild Pork and Watercress, sorry. Yeah. And, and I felt, well, what is this? It's the first Barry Crump book I ever read. And North, those North Canterbury kind of farmers, and I know those, the dairy farmers, I've related to some of them. Uh, you know, I know that deep-seated kind of racism that's there yeah. and, and not saying they're bad people yeah but you know there's some extraordinary stuff that's said yeah. and they're married no marriage married to marriage or sometimes all these things it's yeah. but there's a I felt that had been ignored and was not played in this thing and I was told that that was old-fashioned to think that race right is not so important now because we've all been to primary school at Clyde Key yeah. or something. And I don't believe that yeah. for a phone set. Yeah, yeah. And, and I still think we're still in the first contact stage of our race relations. And, um, Have we made it that far? And, well, that's it's the first step. <laughs> yeah. We've probably gone backwards. Yeah. But this idea that it, you know, and that's why it was popular to me. Yeah. But Taika is a god and, and wonderful and winning awards and wonderful, good for him and doing four free or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a speech impediment's nightmare, that fucking <laughs> show. But, you know, whoopty joy bars. I like Shadows, I thought it was a more original movie. Yeah. Um, but that, that I, you know, but no one, I, I was howled down for criticising that. He's, he's on a level now where we can't. Is he? Know. Is he? I, I'm not saying he is, I'm saying. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. I'm saying. You just New said Ze- it, he's on a level. Most of New Zealand decides he's at that level, like... Lord, yeah, but like I'm not most Lord, of New Zealand, like, and who, no. who gives a shit what most of New Zealand? No. And uh, I don't I'm, even give a shit about if, New Zealand. What if, the fuck does that matter? If you listen carefully, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> um, 
So I can't have that. Uh, I won't have that. No, How no, dare I, you I, agree I, with I, me? I know that, and, and I know, and I know that's not going to make you happy. But, because nothing does. But it's a bit like how, you know, Peter Jackson can't be criticised for not being very good at... But he isn't very good. ...at story. He's terrible at it. Yeah. They're but. boring. They're blocking. Everything <laughs> on a filmmaking level. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're out of fucking... Yeah. They're amateurish. Yeah. And, and he's, just everything the, looks like a gamer. Yeah. It's like the biggest live-action PlayStation game you've ever made. Yeah. And there's no spontaneity, and you can see actors trying, but they're trapped so by the pre-vising. They're trapped Does by that all this dioramic kind of obsessive nature of the frame mm. and over literal interpretation of everything. Mm. That uh, listen, I've worked with people. I know. You know, and uh, we, you know, and that ended. I destroyed that. Um, <laughs> And so we'll I'm, go, a, we'll, I'm t- we'll, colossal failure. I want to go back and hear about that, but I was no, going to say... No, it's all long, long gone, but... But um, does this make Peter Jackson as clever, in a sense, as the guy from Mrs. Brown's Boys? Because this whole gamer, um, you know... The visual, effect, like visual Mrs. effects thing, that's listen, working for an audience, isn't it? They love him. No, I, listen, I, don't, I haven't watched enough Mrs. Brown Boys... To know, I just liked him because various yeah. other people hated him. Yeah, and you know, I, I kind That's of always a good way to go. That, <laughs> do you know what? That never ends badly. <laughs> and I just, I, when we did the Sex Fiend, which was based on that Mervyn Thompson scene, yeah. and I was so furious. And Steve Sinclair and I got together yeah. and thought. And I heard these actors talking you know, about how farce is the my least favourite form of theatre. You know. Yeah. And I don't think I'd ever seen one or been in one. Yeah. And I thought, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? And I went and saw amateur productions of farces. Whoops, Vicar, I've lost my trousers. <laughs> Ray Cooney stuff. Yeah. You know, um, I went and saw Aloha Low. They had the touring show with yeah. that guy, Rene, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he was brilliant, actually. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. He was, he had you like yeah. that. And by doing nothing. He was amazing on the TV show. like. But he just was imagine. able to walk yeah. into a room, you know, yeah. and, and we wrote and constructed this farce based on the, the liberal left and taking the piss yeah. and it was hugely successful throughout the country and made more money than any TV shit ever made me yeah. um, and I was accused of being you know right wing and all the rest of it which I may be I don't know I don't care um, but uh, to me a, a lot of that appearance of being whatever you are is, is tantamount to the, the material as well for instance Gormsby, for instance, is complete reactionary, yeah. madly right-wing and reactionary and racist, homophobic, misogynist, yeah. every one of those. Yeah. Gloriously so. So what... Yeah, that doesn't mean... Yeah, and, and that was my criticism when I started, you know. You know, I was a... How dare you make jokes about child abuse? Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, well, you you know, and I, Gormsby would say, well, you were lucky, to have, lucky enough to have it. <laughs> only abuse children if they did their homework, you know, mm. which was not the right way to be. Yeah. But it it's was a- just provocative. And I know that, that sometimes we've got shock jocks that um, are just doing it to be shocking, like DJs. But, it's but when you are actually trying to say, hang on, the people you regard as bad yeah. are sometimes not and the people who try very hard to be good are sometimes selfish like an asshole well this is that mirror to society thing right and so uh, I'm wondering like with something like All in the Family 
a pretty, I loved important, that. pretty important thing for I you. Loved, like, I yeah, yeah. that was a great show. Yeah. And, um, I, watched some, I watched the whole first series last year and thought it was incredible. I thought it stood up really well. And oh, I, it's good. I, I, showed it, I showed a couple of friends it and they were like, this is hor- horrific. How are you watching this? And I was, well, and it was just like, man. But how do you watch Glengarry Glen Ross? Yeah, let's say, exactly. and, and think, is this advocating capitalism? Or is this showing, what is it? But it's... I know Archie Bunkers. Yeah. And who are we fucking kidding? Yeah. Do you really think... You know, John Key got in for a reason. Yeah. And that's because there's a lot of people out there who agreed with him. Yeah. It wasn't because he's evil and manipulated the thing. There's a fucking big world yeah, outside yeah, of yeah. fucking Arrow Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Mount Victoria <laughs> or bloody where I live. Yeah. And I'm part of that yeah. hipster bourgeois. I'll go to the little cafes and <laughs> their fucking vinyl, which I haven't got anymore. I'll listen to all that and, and hate myself for it, but actually really love it. Yeah. Um, but there's a fucking big swathe mm. that has nothing to do with that. Yeah. And sometimes they're worth listening to. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I went through America last year, you know, I knew Trump was going to get in. We just knew everywhere, apart from maybe cities. Mm. There was no mm. Clinton signs anywhere. But when you went out into the sticks, mm. it was Trump, Trump, Trump. Big banners, you know, uh, handmade banners of, you know, Hillary Clinton, liar, liar, pantsuit on fire, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, every bar. Yeah. Every bar. And and weren't bad people. We had an artist, and not dumb asses either. Yeah, yeah. But an artist, a woman, sort of ignorant. Yeah. But she was stoned, and she was a real love, went to a blues festival, musicians. They were, it's Trump, man. Yeah, yeah. And... And I just said, there's no way. And in the cities, it was Sanders, you know. Yeah, San Francisco yeah. was yeah. Sanders. Was yeah, I was in I was in San Francisco last year when the um, the Democrat convention, uh, the Republican convention was on, and that sort of stage of things. And everyone, in, you know, I was in a, a couple of other blue states, so it was felt very safe and anti-Trump. But I just had this feeling then and there. I was like, you know, everyone was going. There's just no way he's gonna, you know, he's just gonna get trounced, and it was like, nah. But I, I, I believe, so, you know, I, you know like, even though I was in this safe anti-Trump environment that was reflecting the idea that Hillary was still gonna win, it just didn't seem like it was gonna be the case at all. See, I'm, I don't necessarily. I had a really great time in the middle of yeah these places and yeah. at some vodka distillery in the town, and and people were very friendly, you know, yeah. even if they were politically. Absolutely, and thought I was some yeah. sort of communist, and, yeah. but I never had to buy a drink. No. You know, um, I'm not saying that's the only reason to like someone or anything, no, no. but th- I think there's a sort of tendency to defriend if someone dis- yes. you know, disagrees with you. Your and in fact, it really isn't that the best thing in the world? Yeah. yeah. I don't even want to agree with myself. Yeah. Um, but isn't it great when you can love someone and be completely different? Yeah. And diverse in your thinking. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. And challenge one another. Yeah, and laugh. Yeah. Because it runs you. Friendship is a powerful thing. What's that, Finnier Cooper, or you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do we How do we overcome Pacquiao's? We marry them, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he, she's right. Yeah. And uh, you know, not that it's particularly, <laughs> good, but um, you know that I think I, I'm, I It's just a really fascinating thing, and we're frightened. To, there was a play on recently uh, about the Norwegian. Oh yeah, guy. yeah, the um, the shooter. 
Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what the play was called, but I didn't see it. But no, I was no, and I was invited yeah. to go, and I didn't go because I, yeah. I just had a death in the family and just yeah. thought, no, I, I just don't want to see it. But I was yeah. really interested in the furore about yes, the criticism. Yes, I remember reading some of the stuff about it afterwards. And, and the woman who didn't review it. Yeah, 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 I read that. Yet, there was another review on the same place yes. by the same woman, Ken Duncan, who you should also interview, he's a terrific yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to talk uh, to him. Uh, and he noticed, and she'd say, what this needed was a bit more violence and it would have been great to see that character shoot everyone with a machine gun in this fictional thing. Yet in this one, she didn't, wouldn't validate it yeah. by even talking about it. But once it's been thought, it cannot be unthought. And uh, I don't believe, you know, that's my favourite writer of all time is a guy called Durenman, who's very obscure now and has always been obscure, Swiss writer but he was he wrote stuff that I think is kind of sometimes hard to read he wrote detective novels as well which were easy to read yeah but, he, but he's terrific and he his that was one of his sort of quotes and you can't unthink it yeah and you can't think before you think either and I like Voltaire as well and if it's human nothing nothing is strange to me you know because I'm a human being and that includes racism or yeah. murder is it possible for me to do that? Yes. Is it possible for anyone to do that? Yes. We yeah. know this. Yeah. And should we demonise ourselves? Because that's what we're doing when we demonise other people. Yeah. And and they're doing it too, the right or the yeah. outright yeah. or whoever. Yeah. But what if a layer behind that is why does it make them happy doing that? That's the real question any dramatist should ask. Mm. Not what are they doing? I don't like it. Goodies, mm. baddies. Mm. What is it about their behaviour that makes them happy seeing that happen? What is it that validates? And it comes down to their feeling of victimhood or suffering and that question which I've been reading a lot about is why do good people suffer? Or mm. people who think they're good suffer. Mm. The Book of Job. Why? Mm. And that's an impossible question. Mm. Um, and it's the wrong question, you know, in my opinion, because it's easy to ask, but impossible to answer. Yeah. Whereas the answer is, how do I lessen my suffering? Or, you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, something more like that. And I still don't know that answer. Yeah. And everyone has a story. So, and if you tap the button, yeah. everyone has a kind of story. Well, that's part of why I'm doing this. You yeah, know, like and it's that's, cathartic. That's what, that's what I'm getting out of doing this, is that, uh, among many other things, is that um, finding out people's stories, helping tell them in the sense that I'm the one with the recorder and, and, and asking the questions or whatever. Um, but that's, you know, no, no two of the, uh, you know, I've done over 60 of these and none of them are the same. They no, should, they shouldn't be. No, great. It'd be fucking wrong if they were. Absolutely, right? but and even... that's why I've I've liked them and that truth about things. Yeah. You know, no, I, you know, we've I don't know, but that weird. Uh, you know, the, there's a kind of psychoanalysis which I'm interested in, and in all those archetypes and things, the, those stories that are true of all of us. We live, we die, we suffer, all those things. Yeah. These things that happen to us, um, and that that thing where you have a self-realisation that there's, you are possibly a, not a good person. Yeah. And that's not a mean like religious God's going to punish you, but you've done good things and why did you do them? And you, why did you be, do bad things? And the truth is probably because you wanted to. Mm, mm. And that's a hard truth to do. So... You know, uh, to tell. But 
and you get you can glamorize that like mm. Breaking Bad did, mm, mm. like by making him a man who chooses bad and chooses to admit he's done bad, mm. which is interesting. But it is a glamorizing of yes. what basically is a you know crummy little pea dealer who took opportunities. Yeah. And really, did he make a choice? That a, a tragedian says choice matters. Yeah. But now, when faith's completely gone, religion's gone. Not that I'm a religious person. I'm not. But those ideas of have gone, we're yeah. just opportunists. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So, I mean, you, you, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not doing this just to get back to your timeline, but I'm thinking, like, the things that have made you happy or interest you are also the things that you... Made me furious. Have made you furious and that you've been self-sabotaging in I'm not about. here to write about the landscape. <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, I think that's a disservice to the landscape for a start. Yeah. And also boring. Yeah. Um, I'll contemplate the landscape, I'll stare at things for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, it, it comes down to a Durham, I hate to say it, but I'm full of quotes. Uh, Durham that story where he talks about you know I'm being asked to write about the Swiss Alps. He was Swiss, yeah. and he, you know he was trapped in Switzerland. He uh, and and he said I I'm in a car driven by a maniac, and people are asking me to look out the windows, and I'm saying this guy's on the wrong side of the road. He's he hasn't got his license. He yeah. doesn't look like the ID on his. <laughs> yeah. And you're asking me to look out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how I kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I'm only inspired when I... Not anymore, I've changed. Yeah. I hope. Um, when I, I got I got angry. Yeah. And I'm not angry in a destructive, self-destructive way. Hopefully, hopefully in a other destructive ways. But um, that I've been lucky to have turning points. And often they're self-inflicted. Yeah. Like that Mervyn Thompson thing was a good turning point where I suddenly saw the world upside down and... It changed, and I realised. Well, there's nothing quite so simple. Deaths obviously do it. Deaths and births change again, and unfortunately, it's often too late when you realise you've been selfish or untrustworthy or all these things. But um, you know, one has. I, I'm still too scared to say I have been no all those things. Yeah. Well, I have, but. Um, and that makes you more sympathetic to other people who, who are in that point. There's a Chekhov quote, and I, I don't forget anything, which is also a big problem, um, where he says, a, a dramatist's job is not to prosecute or defend, it's to champion the guilty after they've been sentenced. Yeah. And that's kind of true. That's mm. the hardest thing to do. Mm. And there's a brilliant story about Orson Welles, who, who I love, uh, you know, as a as a life a colossal failure in yeah. every way yeah. in a way but yeah, also yeah. not um but uh, he he, he was, they were doing kafka the trial mm. and of course the tr the conventional wisdom is that the trial is about a man who's innocent but accused of a crime he doesn't know what he's done mm. accused of a crime he didn't commit that's that his agony if you like and um Orson Welles said, no, no, no. That's completely the opposite. He's guilty. He knows he's guilty. He knows exactly yeah. what he's done. And they said, but that's turning it, it's completely wrong. You know, how do you say And he says, you've got no humanity. And they, they said, what do you mean? He says, why is it worse for a guilty person to suffer than an innocent person? 
suffering is suffering. Mm. And that's right, mm. you know, mm. dare I be Christian about it, but that's kind of true. And I'm not a Christian. But I'm, I'm Jewish, so I'm, I'm the guy who sold the nails to the guy who <laughs> nailed them up. Uh, so, uh, you know. <laughs> I think this is what, you, what you're getting at is, is um, one of the areas where theatre is so visceral and so when it's successful, so great at doing this, getting actors to jump into a character that's some form of evil or some form of bad, yeah. and the audience claps at the end because they recognise the performance... They don't think, or they think in the right way that you're terrible because you embodied terrible. Well, it, it's it's that thing. Why you know, and I'm sure you know, music is mm. in the, in a weird way does that abstractly. Mm. What is it about this collection of sounds that makes people feel and think these things? Yeah, and it's always you know there's an. A, you know, the, I have this argument out of authenticity in music, yeah, yeah. which is a lot of thought Same. about. And I'm not interested because I like pianos, right? Yeah. And I like Bach on a piano. I don't. I hate the harpsichord. You know, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. Or the clavichord. You know, yeah, yeah. Donk, donk, donk. Or you want a people who are, I like it. I don't yeah. care, and I know it's not authentic. And those people who say it's got to be played in a stone church with fucking awful wooden recorders and <laughs> no, nah, give me a big orchestra. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. So authenticity has kind of got a bad side, but there's, shit, I've I've lost the point of what I was going to say, but because I'm fucking rambling in my own stupid way. Yeah, I I don't don't think this is going to stop you or matter. No, no, (laughs) fuck. You're talking about authenticity. Ah, and music, yeah. Yeah. And I saw one of my favourite movies, Mm. a really great movie, which is by Bert Stern called um, New... uh, Jazz on a Sunday afternoon. Oh yeah, yeah. Jazz on a summer's day. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, See, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm terrible. The names are bad. Amazing film. Fucking awesome. The and Mahalia Jackson. Yeah. Mahalia Jackson. There's a fantastic yeah. yes. shot of Mahalia. Yeah. And she was like a real early gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And she's this great white clo- yeah. dress. Yeah. And he shot her from a. He's just brilliant. Yeah. And he shot her like an angel from a distance. There's a long, big wide shot. And she's this tiny white. Yeah. Like a Christmas card angel, yeah. Christmas tree angel yeah. in the distance, dominating this vast, big crowd. Well, yeah. vast is bigger than I've ever seen. She's about three foot back from the mic. And yeah, and, but you see her, and then it goes close up, and you see the steam coming off her, and, and she's just clapping. Yeah. And singing this shit. Yeah. And I think, fuck, she really believes this, man. Yeah. She believes it. Do you and, and, and that sort of belief, even though it's mad Christian shit or whatever it is. Yeah. I wondered if that was what really drove it, because I see, and and that kind of authenticity, that sense of belief, I think is really something important in music. But you see, do you know what my favourite thing from that movie is? I, lo- I love that, I love Thelonious Monk, I love the whole film, I remember going to it when they put it back on at the Rialto and I watched it on the big screen and I've, you know, got a copy of it on, on DVD and I've watched it loads, but... The thing that really blew me away from that film was almost the opposite, was Anita O'Day. Oh, wonderful! Who, oh, but she's fantastic! Yeah. But, no, with the hands! Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant! But she's amazing, but I, th- I, I think, and maybe this is just my reading on her and I've got this all wrong, I think she doesn't believe it at all, but she's fucking mind blown. No, but she's herself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She's authentic in that. Yeah, and that's really it. Yeah. She is totally cuts a silhouette. And I don't know, you know, you talk about 
you know, is Bruce Springsteen authentic? You read his biography yeah. and you realise he was his father wasn't what he said he was. Yeah. He was and he was quite a privileged kid with loving parents yeah, yeah. who helped him, yeah. you know. Great. Yeah. But his even his persona has an authenticity that reflects something of him yeah, yeah, personally. Yeah. Bob Dylan, is he authentic in his vague way? Yes. You know, uh, more and more with time. I yeah, think, so. and and he's a biblical figure. Yes, that guy is something. Yeah. One of those Hebraic kind yeah. of people, like the author of the Book of Job, sort of yeah, he'll sure. be forgotten, but the songs will remember forever. Yes, you know, and uh, well, that's been the last well his whole career, but the last thirty years of his career, that's what he's putting in place. Don't remember me, remember my songs. I'm just going to keep going around yeah. and playing the. Fucking he's anonymous. Things. I'm not exactly. He's as anonymous as someone of his level can be, which is remarkable. And and it comes to a point where the audience owns. Yes, yeah. And we you yeah. know, th that thing in those pre prehistoric works of art in those caves in France or wherever the hell they are, those balls and yeah. hands the person who did <laughs> spat on their hand and left a silhouette. Yeah. Are fucking astonishing things. Because they're not saying I was here, they're saying we were here. Yeah. And that's kind of where I think those great artists like Bach, I don't think Bach would have composed anything unless he had a job that said I've got to do it yeah, every yeah, week yeah. and who didn't everything is religious based and he, he walked like miles a day for, yeah. and all that sort of stuff I mean, how they had 22 kids yeah. how the hell did he get the time and he yeah. had to have a system yeah. the, out of few to, <laughs> yeah. to work out how the fuck to write all this yeah. stuff in time yeah and but his stuff is all based as I listened to this at Matthew's Passion the other day yeah and it's so beautiful yeah and his, it's all biblically based and all these things. And I'm not a Lutheran, it's shocking things Lutherans believe, but yeah. that sense of belief also drove him. There was something bigger than him. Okay. And that's sort of, I'm always like hoping there's something more universal in what we write than, without going into self-improvement books, which are really easy to write. There's a great quote, again, anonymous quote, saying, you know, how much harder it is to write a domestic fight between a Russian peasant and his wife than a whole <laughs> three volumes on uh, female oppression. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's the, a scene yeah. which recognises humanity yes. is difficult. Yeah. And now we're too interested in whether it's goodies or baddies. Yeah. And it's simplistic and nonsense. So speaking of goodies and baddies, take me back to when you uh, worked with Peter Jackson and then fucked that relationship up. Did well, I, I, I don't you were, know. You were, I, we, you were, we were a bunch of kids yeah. um, making the feebles. It was a tense situation. It was all relationships Now, what apart. was your role in Beat the Feebles? I, was, I wrote some songs. Sodomy was one of mine. Yeah. Um, Sodomy. It was a tango from one of my cabarets. Yeah. And... Uh, and uh, and he'd we'd written a lot together. It was it was without getting into specifics sure. of people or anything. It was me being hot-headed and uh, and trying to defend what I figured was my integrity. Right. In a in a hot-headed and, and destructive manner. And were you doing that while, while wearing not, the hippo suit? No, or? no. This was after, well after. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, uh, You know, everything fell apart. Yeah. And and it deserved to, and possibly was a result of um, us feeling we were kings of the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You no, know, this little tight group who'd made Meet the Feebles and were really doing stuff that we thought we were going to take over. Innovative really like and doing interesting. That. And, and yeah. it was, I was shockingly arrogant, I think. Yeah. And, and I got sort of fell out of that 
group and uh, realise there's other people out there who are fucking awesome too. Yeah. Who aren't as arrogant, actually. Yeah. And are better for it. And I, I like that. I, I like that. So, and that's when I started doing skits and things. Because I had to yeah. sort of start again. Yeah, yeah. Really? I was going to say, where do you get from the cabaret and the... All of that stuff seems very... Um, intense and you know and, and you're you're living in your own head a lot doing that sort of stuff but then going so, yeah. to skits and going to theatre directing as much as you are carrying that in your own head it serves a greater purpose in the sense well I enjoyed it, it because it's a lot it's more ostensibly to entertain a, 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 to I fight get, an audience I get bored acting yeah you know and um I did a lot of it, and I, I suppose I do enjoy it, but it, just at the point when you must feel this, five o'clock at night, six when you just think, oh, I just want to sit home and watch yeah. some Increasingly. Crap, crappy TV, yeah. have yeah. a glass of wine. I don't want to go out and entertain people. I really do not want to Well, go I don't go out and entertain people. But you're but, the same but thing. But I go out and watch people It's your, it's, it's your job. And, yeah, and I... I fortunately, and, fortunately and, those platforms are being removed. And uh, direct, directing, so, I get a bigger kick out of helping people. And I hated directors. Yeah. As an actor. Now, look, I was walking back from Circa Theatre last week. I went to see Hand to, Hand to God. And I got a message from a friend saying, you've got to go and see this band tonight. And it was just starting to rain and I was walking back and it's 8.30. And I, I was having exactly that moment of, I just want to be at home watching TV. But I could pat myself on the back because I'd also gone out and seen some culture, you know. So I'm heading back and I messaged this person and said, yeah, no, that's not me tonight. I've, I've just been to a play and I'm off home. And she says, no, you can't, you know, that you've got to see them. They're unmissable. And I just wrote back and said, Nothing is unmissable, particularly live music. And she's all, no, rah, rah, rah. And I said, I've just, you know, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with your enthusiasm and I'm not trying to be smug, but I've been to so many fucking bands that nothing is unmissable. I'm, nothing. I'm, I'm going home to have a whiskey. In fact, everything is missable. crappy TV. Everything is missable. Yeah, and, and, totally. Uh, uh, you know, that's right. Yeah. Why must I? Yeah. Must I? Yeah. That my Dad used to not ban um, swear words in our house. Mm. He used to ban moral imperatives. <laughs> Should, yeah, must, yeah, ought. He wouldn't. He Very said, good. "Don't use them." Yeah, and well, don't. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> but I think he was kind Please of right. Yeah. And I I don't have any of that whatever mofo or yeah. whatever it is. FOMO. FOMO. So yeah. I don't even know. Um, um, and I I I don't have any of that. And I I gave a a a young uh, comedian or not that young. I went to a show of his which I didn't. I, I could it had some good things and some yeah. terrible things and whatever. But I wrote to him. He asked my advice, and I I gave him this because I actually believe it. I just said, listen, it's not about you; it's about your material. If the setup's too long, get rid of it. Yeah. Make sure your jokes have payoff. Tr practice them on people, not you know, and save your best jokes for your friends, not fucking in an audience. Don't exploit yourself. Don't be suicidal in what you tell people. It's no point. Make sure it's got enough distance from it to make it yeah. funny. And again, if you have a good idea and people say, let's make a movie of it. Wow, that'll make a great movie. Just once in a while say, nah, let's not. <laughs> and don't be afraid to be unoriginal. Mm. Because those sometimes people are fucking learn before you know. Um, you know, those we learn by copying generally, mm, mm. and that's how you find often your voice, right? artists and people. It doesn't matter if you can't draw a certain way, but fucking give it a go. And those 
strictures that people think, oh, I don't need to have a three-act structure in my movie or anything. Okay, we know this. Yes, you're brilliant, brilliant. You're, you don't have to write poetry the way anyone else has written it for years. Have we got better at poetry? I don't know. Not, no. the, not the point. Yeah. But there's something about some of the strictures which can force you to be very, very creative and good. Yeah. Those obstacles can make you well, how... really, really focus on, do I know what I'm fucking talking about? Einstein, you know. Who are the best improvising musicians? The ones that can play, you know, the script as well, the score yeah, or but whatever. You know what and I imagine it's mostly the same with acting. I know, I, know, I know there's a whole school of actual improvisation now. But I don't like theatre sports no. in any way um, because it's not about improvising, it's about showing off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John Cassavetes, yeah. who I really admire, yeah. and people think those were all improvised. Yeah. They were really rehearsed to yes. the point where... It, Charlie Chaplin, he they would rehearse to the point where the actors would get totally bored, mm. and then start people start happening. Mm. Ralph Richardson, these are again old school. Mm, mm. He would be so prepared he could dream it, and forgot that he was anywhere because he would respond how he responded. He, it, the job just became listening and reacting yeah. as an actor. Yeah, that's why they were good. Yeah, not because they can ride a horse better than someone. They listened and reacted, and we believed them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, acting's a, one of those things, if you grab it and hold on to it with your fist, you've lost it. But I do believe in mastery in that way, and I don't want to read a fucking self-improvement book about it or anything else, but, you know, repetition is, helps. And, you know, I play the piano, and I know, okay, I do these scales. Yeah. And I do this riff, and I practice in all the keys. Not that I have the discipline to do that. That's going to turn up in my thing. And when I improvise, I'll choose. You're yeah, choosing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a point comes when you're so adept that you don't need to choose anymore. Yeah. And you make a mistake, and it's not a mistake, because you, like Miles Davis says, you do it twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, why not? What's a mistake? And I say that all the time in my movie making, which I've finally got nailed a little bit. I know a little bit more than I did. Yeah. And my own style... Not yeah. Tyker's, not anyone else's, yeah. of my way of doing things, which I think, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's free because I'm confident in the story I'm telling. I get it. Yeah. And I know I can shoot that anyway, this way, that way, or this way, but I'm going to do that because it doesn't look like a movie that way. Do you want to talk through some of the movies? Because I, 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 when well, I've, I've done, uh, well, the, in terms of films, just, I just feel like you've done quite a diverse range of. Like, I was an actor in quite a few. Mr. Yeah. Wrong, I was Mr. Right and Mr. Wrong, which was years ago. Yeah, I wasn't particularly good. I looked callow and lean, and and never really was able to be free. And I, that's my own criticism of myself. And I did a lot of TV, Roach. Yeah. Close to home. I did a uh, um, uh, fucking drama school between that. Yeah. And I was at university doing theatre as that, well. So skit, things like skits, you were performing and directing. And writing. And writing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a complete disaster in some ways because it destroyed relationships. I was working like crazy. And yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. But I had a young kid yeah. at that time. And um, it didn't help being that hard working or just and I was loving the coin Fuck. yeah yeah I bet absolutely yeah creamy it yeah brilliant and it was yeah. really all specky stuff too we yeah. were paid by the screen minute yeah sometimes you know so, so I did a lot good, of good money for what you're doing you know, right? and, I, and 
you know, and I had, you, you know, I wrote with people and then I wrote plays with people and it's all comedies I've tended to write with yeah. other people because you bounce stuff off yeah. and I'm not particularly disciplined. So that I needed that. Um, uh, I got into directing partly because of skits because they weren't getting enough material every week and yeah. so we, I had to direct a few things. I had not a fucking clue yeah. off a film and stuff. I'd done a short film and I'd done a lot of acting in them but I didn't know about coverage or anything. And that's why it looked sort of like play school. Because I figured, oh, well, I'll see what Rob said. Oh, <laughs> Just line it up. Yeah, and, and yeah. fit people in the frame. Exactly. And, and <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not criticising. No, no, no. Well, and, it's very effective. And it became kind of childlike. Yeah, very effective and, in some of those. Yeah. yeah. And, but I, it was not a style I knew. No. And I was terribly inept. Yeah. And... But I got more and more confident. So do, and you do, again, that, do you do that thing? Do you find your voice in that through aping other people? Yeah. Well, uh, one of the, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and realising what you like. And mm. what, But again, mm. it was generally because of the performers. Mm -hmm. And in those days, you know, Fane and people and Jermaine was in it and yeah. Carl Wilson and people like that, they were, it was, that was about them. Yeah. And comedy really is about Rima T. about as well. Yeah, yeah. Rima, not in skits. She no. Was, she, I was at drama school with Rima, and Rima, yeah. we did cabarets together. Yeah, yeah. She did. She was in some of my cabarets. She was yeah. terrific. Yeah. Uh, and uh, fuck, she's a talent, a great singer, and a really great actress. Well, I mean, um, and the le uh, it's part of the legacy, isn't it? Yeah. The heritage. And you know, her telling stories at drama school about her dad and Peter <laughs> yeah. Sellers. Wow. You know. Yeah. What? And Peter Sellers, you know, mad, but yeah. fuck. Yeah. You know, and uh, I loved that, and Re Rima. We had a brilliant year, actually, of singers. We had a guy called Jeff Kingsford-Brown, who was one of the most beautiful singers I've ever heard. Uh, and could have been like Charlie Pride type of voice. Wow. Had a beautiful voice. Yeah. But hated singing, because he was always asked to sing. Yeah. And so, perversely, wouldn't do it, you know. Well, ended up having to. Yeah. But uh, Rima, Ross Gervin, who was big in musical theatre up in Auckland, or was, but anyway, I yeah, don't yeah. know what we're fucking talking no, about. No, no, no. Um, but you, that, that, was, that cabaret stuff, I still would love to do that, but it's a young yeah. man's game. Yeah. It really is, or young person, woman's yeah. game, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the inclination to go out every night and hang around boozy. I just get drunk. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm much more solitary in my pleasures now. Not all of them. Well, yeah. Possibly, but uh, the you know I like reading. I love reading. I yeah. like listening. You know that's it. You um... then I did uh, what? Did I? I started directing in that. Then I ended up doing some other little series, kids series, and yeah. stuff with the Gibson Group. And, and you get into doing um, and are still doing like documentary stuff, TV. I did a film made for TV, but also feature. I did a stuff. feature yeah. documentary about my grandfather, who yeah. was a, which is self-funded, but did reasonably well. Not necessarily financially, but yeah. joined, made our family huge extended family get together, and has the music started being played again. Yeah, and that was a great. That was very proud of that. Gormsby was a work in progress. That came yeah, out so Gorms, you've talked, you've you've referenced that. So, so it started as a kind of monologue type thing that you and Dave Armstrong the, yeah, created. Yeah, we had a teacher called Major Keith yeah, Kirk. Yeah, and it, it, he was mad. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wore a military cape to school. Which is why you remembered him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would say things like, Gorms mm. did, "Oh yes, yeah. your Maori's up there with your hot and tot. Not yeah. quite as good a boxer as your Negroid, 
and you've got to keep them off the fire water, but yeah. a marvellous warrior. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I loved him. Yeah, I yeah. Loved, you know, he was had us in hysterics. Yeah. You know, so how many people have you killed? Sort of unintentional death. Major, you know, unintentional audacity. He's you know? kind of girl once. Yeah. She had short hair and was tubby. Didn't believe it. Yeah. Kind of. And you know, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. We just hilarious. Yeah. And and, you, and so this. So teacher, you make this into a character. Yeah. And all you the, all about the teacher. Yeah, yeah. And then it beca- when it becomes a TV show. It becomes a TV show. Well, it that came by accident. Yes. Yeah. Tony Holden and, and I'd, I'd done a couple of docos with Tom Scott on uh, the Reluctant Revolutionary or some TV stuff, and they yeah. asked us for some ideas. And we had a few, but I didn't think they were very good. Maybe because they were written down. Yeah. And I hadn't told Tom this, um, but I just said, oh, I've got an idea. Seven periods with Mr. Gormsby. It wasn't even called that. We yeah. didn't have a. Yeah. And he said, What's that about? Oh, about a teacher in a Maori school or boys' school who's outrageous, and I did a bit of the gig. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Trying oh, to, how about? some lines. You know, and I, you know, alo pepe. Afiyonga, alo pepe. Bit of a mouthful, you <laughs> Polynesian names, aren't they, boys? No. <laughs> but nothing wrong with your kanaka. Uh, and it was, and he pissed himself. Yeah. And he said, oh, okay, that sounds good. Mm. He had seven series to do. So we sat down and wrote seven episodes, and that was real fun. But do you... Have designs on being the actor in it? Or I did. Yeah, I did. I so did obviously, a, a David McPhail. And this has been a problem the... for me. Like when the sex fiend, I buggered everything up with the sex fiend at one stage because I insisted that I was the lead actor. Because yeah. I'd written it for myself. I was yeah. a golden goose, you know. Yeah. But I just was a goose, and <laughs> you got to let it go. And yeah. not, I shouldn't have been like that. And yeah. I made it difficult. And you know, I'm surprised people even talk to me. <laughs> um, and I wanted to direct it and to be in it and be an actor manager type. That's how arrogant yeah, yeah. I was, and now I don't feel that at all. What was there? What's fueling that arrogance beyond um, some crazy belief in yourself and some idea that you, you know? It was what? actually, you know, I I hate to say it, but partly it was chops. Yeah, uh, it was actually being able to. Yeah, knowing you could do it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, well, I was a real big fan, and I know this is, again, old-fashioned, but Charlie Chaplin, all those skills, yeah, yeah. those stupid skills, falling over, yeah. double takes, yeah. all that. Yeah. One of the hardest things in the... And Duncan did a grand job of directing it, and yeah. in our first production I was in it, and he did a one. Tim Spike did a great job of being it, you know, and all the people who've done it, fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad they feel definitive, yeah. and they so they should. Yeah. And it was just pure arrogance. But at the same time, we had a real problems rehearsing fast because people suddenly... Mike Alfreds didn't work for this. You know Mike yeah. Alfreds, you yeah. hear that? Yeah, These Somehow these acting techniques, you've got to count steps. Yeah. You've got to learn it like a machine. Yeah. Forget the funniness. I don't, don't try to be funny, please. Let's get... You've got to walk down these stairs carrying this person, walk down, turn around, run back up, mm. door slams, this person. It's a machine. Mm. Let's rehearse it slowly. Mm. You know, we had a scene where a woman, I'm on bed with this prostitute in girls' clothes, I'm in girls' clothes and dressed up, and I'm having a fight with her, and it looks like we're rooting. My girlfriend comes in, walks straight past us talking about her day, into the kitchen, silence, comes back in, Mm. silence, you know, Mm. real alo-alo stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a real difficulty. I'm not sure if it was my girlfriend or whatever, but had real difficulty trying to convince the person not to see us. 
Yeah. But she sees us. No, I know you see us, but you don't see us. I know as an actress you see that we're on the sofa, but it's not something you generally expect to see mm. me dressed in woman's clothes, in bed, you know, rooting this woman. <laughs> so don't see it. Yeah. You don't see it till you've gone right past and yeah. in the kitchen, making a cup of tea, and wait as long as you can think of before you... The silence is where the laugh will come. Yeah. And that was really hard to convey mm. without fucking sounding like a martinet. Mm. And because people wanted to discover. Mm. And a farce is sort of about that, but really master the machine. It's a construction first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you discover. And once you've really mastered it, then you can yeah, add you can the put your tap dance. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that Fred Astaire thing. Yeah. Three weeks for a dance. One yeah. week to make up the dance. One week to practice it. And one week to make it look like I haven't practiced it. Yeah, It's just yeah. coming out of it. Yeah. Um, and so, go, go back to Gorbsby. David McPhail, he does a good job. Oh, I love David. Yeah. He's a fucking fantastic yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, the, the show is, um, I, I don't know, I was going to say much loved. I guess it, it is, or it was. It was well, it's not really. Yeah, now, it was more popular in Australia. Probably. Yeah, right. It, they put it on. They probably thought it was night. an incredible documentary. Yeah, well, they, it, they didn't have a kind of attitude towards it. No. It was just put on about 10.30 at night on a Friday here. But you got good notices. Oh, people, yeah, I'm not ashamed of it. I don't no, no, People still talk about it. Yeah, and it was time. It's not, it's, you know, I don't even want, you know, we've sold it to America, which is a great story. Mm. But I've really... So how not, recent was that? I mean, you mentioned that before, but how recent? Oh, this it? year. Right. And I don't know how they're going to sell it, but yeah. uh, it's just an option, yeah, which yeah. doesn't mean a huge amount of money or anything. Yeah. But it's... It's, it's interesting. It's great, yeah. And they got it, and they 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 think it's really interesting. And yeah, I've sort of made it pretty clear that you know they don't. There's no caveats. They don't need to use me. I'm not using it as some sort of springboard. I yeah. want them to so really take it on and make, and make it, it their own. Yeah, yeah. And not have any. You know, don't like when Ricky Gervais in the office. Yeah. Not that there's anything as successful as that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Once they so made their own. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, why not? Yeah. You know, go for it. Don't, and so we're not, I don't want to be involved in, in, in a way. I, yeah. You know, unless they need some sort of advice, but I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. And, uh, because I think I'd be a handicap. I'd be sort of hanging around like the guy that, oh, that's not how we did it. How boring would that be? Yeah. And, uh, and now as a director, I've got to the point where I really don't want what I want anymore. Yeah, I feel disappointed if I get exactly what I ask. Yeah, yeah. I want to because there's no why because there's no hunger there, no fight. Well, I want to turn into a punter. Yeah. Wow. And I recognise that feeling. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Wow. I didn't expect that. That's cool. Yeah. Right. You know, just have it. I see up. something real happening. You know, and every director who's any good is always looking for that moment where a little miracle of real vulnerability or something happens that yeah. we just sense. You know, you know, Werner Herzog has a little thing in his master class about uh, letting the camera roll without asking a question. Yeah. Just silence. And people suddenly flood. There's a, something that looks awkward and tentative and you suddenly, the sympathy of the person watching goes woof yeah. to that person. Yeah. And uh, I get it. And that connection is what it's about. Yeah. Really just connecting and listening. 
and I do, it's the simplest, simplest thing, but the hardest thing is, it's not so hard to teach people who've never acted before, it's hard to teach people who've done a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Because in the end, we, it's like artists who draw what they've learnt to draw, rather than let, try and draw what you see. Mm. And actors, you know, one of the things which we get back to the comedians, like Reese, perhaps, perhaps, I haven't yeah. seen the shows, I don't know, but it's not look at what I do. That's what those shows seem to be yeah, about. Yeah, Look at what of. I do, rather than see what I see. Yeah, that's the important question to me. Yeah, I couldn't give a fuck what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so it's my own jealousy and contempt that makes me stupid. I know, but it's made you successful in the sense that you you say you haven't had a real job outside of. I couldn't have one. I'm useless. Unemployable. Well, you've been employed time and again, yeah. for, you know, to do exactly th these things. So you're not unemployable. You just uh, you're no. just unemployable elsewhere. I know, but that's right. And also, that hasn't been tested. You know, like, that's true. You that's true. You I keep thinking know. maybe if I did was a have a career change. or wasn't so <laughs> sort of like I am. I'm not afraid of being myself. That's that's true, and yeah. I think it's important to be free. One of the reasons I got into theatre is it's safer. You don't get beaten up so much yeah um you, you know it's full of people who don't beat you up emotionally cruel but it's you can handle that yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah. family life you know yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh well what's not emotionally cruel about life you know yeah like, and, and it was, really. it's got better though in some ways worse some of the old directors were very nasty really oh well, I, I wanted to ask you what, what, what you thought the state of, because uh, we talked a little bit on tape it off about stand-up comedy, but what did you, what do you think of the state of like Wellington, say Wellington Theatre? Well, I, I, I don't think about it. I, in fact, I think there's a really great passage in a book called uh, Summer House with Swimming Pool by a guy called Herman Koch, mm. who wrote The Dinner. And it's about a guy going to the theatre and watching time coagulate. You know, not it doesn't slow as yeah. much as coagulate. Yeah. And and he's sort of right. And you watch people saying words like, "Gosh, we must sell the farm, Martha." You know, <laughs> and 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 uh, awful. Yeah. And I I'm not a Greek fan of the devised scene because I just feel, what's it about yeah. again? Yeah. And I like the big play. Yeah, I mean, and I'd like with, to see Hand to God story at the heart. Yeah, and I want to like I loved Osage Hand County. Hand to God is very good. Yeah, I want to see that. And Osage County was amazing. Yeah, and I liked it as a play better than the film. Oh, the film was dreadful. Yeah, in comparison. Yeah, it was just really dreadful. vivid and fucking funny. Yeah, and really, really, funny. really good. And well, big play, well performed. And somehow I loved that. Yeah, and I miss that because when theatre's bad, you blame the whole medium. Yeah. You, and well, what I, about Dave Armstrong's last one? Which Did one you was, see that? That? was that? Central. Um, Central. Well, I do a lot of work with Dave, yeah. and that one, I was, I was, I would have taken a different stance on it right. if I'd do it. I enjoyed it, but I felt that I feel more sympathy for the guy who's trying to make a movie. Imagine being a movie maker. Yeah. You know, a writer whose people want to hire from Hollywood is, you know, ludicrous, of course. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe an actor yeah. or a producer or a director even, but very... Yeah. But anyway, this guy's famous in, in, in Queenstown. And, um, but my take on it, and I keep thinking of how I'd interpret it more than how I... That production, because it was fine production, lovely actors, all that. But uh, I felt 
the sympathy could have been played more with that the producer. Imagine having a wife who wanted to be in a fucking art project and you had to turn down a fucking $12 million yeah. to do that fucking thing and she wants to be in it and you're thinking, Christ, how the hell am I going to handle that? They're not going to want you, yeah. babe. Yeah. You're too old. It's bullshit. Yeah. They're not going to give us any money. It's going to... And I... What? You want me to turn down how much? Yeah. Are you crazy? Well, we and I feel sympathy with that guy, yet I felt that the tenor of the production was that guy was meant to be saying He's the asshole, yeah, yeah. Was what? Yeah. What? Are you kidding me? But I, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we did get that version of him come out, so, like, that's the great thing about watching a, a play, isn't it, is that, is that two people can walk away with a different version of events yeah, of in course. their mind yeah. and, go and say exactly Well, I, what, and often I do. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, Johnny Broth, you know, uh, yeah. who, he's terrific, and he did a play about that arsehole who played cricket when his fiance had died yeah and I thought what a prick yeah couldn't even sacrifice a stupid game to just mm. be fucking mm. a human being for him and had to save his mates mm. what an asshole which was completely the other way of of looking at it from what it was, what, was yeah presented. yeah yeah you know yeah why not not play a game yeah as a sign of respect that's what you know yeah that's what people are... I thought that was the sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, oh, I'm going to sacrifice morning and because I've got a game to finish. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, Michael Jones, someone who did something, you know, that's a sportsman. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're interesting. Yeah. Because there was something more important. Yeah. So when They you- asked me to make a movie after I did that thing on the kick. Because yeah. I've done a lot of TV movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Hillary things and, and all these heroes. And I'm only interested in the, the apocrypha, you know. The kick was hard because, again, why is he saying This is the what is his Rugby World Cup. The Stephen Donald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm not a... I like rugby. I yeah, watch yeah. it sometimes, but I'm not a fan. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the All Blacks. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. Um, so what was the story for you in that? That's right. Yeah. And why is he suffering? What is yeah. it? And in the end, it's about a person who grew up, who makes an ups error and is despised. His life crumbles because mm. he's suddenly despised. His family suffer, he suffers because he missed a kick. Mm. And he's given a chance to make that kick again. That's as fairy tale as you get. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, that was all I could think of the story, but it was about how he suffered because he because of what? Yeah, it's kind of like... And that wasn't necessarily... That's sort of why people liked it, I, th- I think. Yeah. And it was... it was We had a good actor, David Delatour, who did a good job. Mm. And I did the rage thing, which was fine. Yeah. Uh, Tom, another Tom Scott's one's Hillary, of course. Which, again, my take on it was not... Why is a man who's unafraid of climbing mountains so terrified to ask his girlfriend for a dance? <laughs> that's the... That's the question the I want to find yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. And you don't know the answer until you make it. That's why you make it. Yeah. And uh, Why Does Love, which is the latest one I've made, which I hope, I don't know, I'm really proud of that. And I didn't think it was going to be anything good. I, I really thought, the dance exponents, really? A drama? I thought, what's the story? So when's that um, coming out? I don't know. They don't tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've made it and finished yeah, it. And, yeah. and it was the... I heard, some, I heard some whispers from inside the uh, camp that it was really great, you know, like... Well, I don't know... Yeah. People, and people in the band... There was a freedom know. we had 
and a trust because everything is about fear. One of the awful things about the showbiz is people are frightened. Yeah. And one of the reasons I got into it, we were talking about bullying and mm, mm. before, is because I felt free. People mm. can be whatever you've got in, you can dress like whatever, you can pretend you're a dwarf, you can do anything, you're free. Yeah. You're not gonna be humiliated, this is your, your free space. It's not church, it's become church. A little bit, you know, the drama, all that shit. But it's, you can fucking say what you think. Yeah, yeah. And no one judges you here. Yeah. And that's what I liked um, about it. And and so lack of fear, to me, is what encourages good performance. Creating an atmosphere where people feel loved, trusted, are going to shine. And, and I, it's sometimes not, not that you should actually don't make love yeah. or don't, you know, it's just an absolute connection and trust that, and I, I created that on a, on a set with Did everyone. It? And I'm, not, I'm lazy, man. <laughs> I am, I will, I trust my art director to yeah. do their thing. I trust my DOP. My job is the performance and the story yeah. and the connection with all those things. Yeah. Nothing else. If I'm concentrating on the color of a sofa, not my job. Mm. And did it make you, did that exponents film experience, what did it do for you in terms of your relationship with the abuser? I never liked the music. No, so... Um, so it's not that I case? didn't like it. It's it not that I didn't you, like it. It was just I'd never really listened to it. Yeah. And I just heard it playing in supermarkets and whatever. Yeah. You know, at stadiums. And so what did it And I knew a little bit about it. I, I didn't... I didn't... No, and I thought, is this going to be a disadvantage yeah, for me? Because probably not. When I was doing the age where you guys were, all, well, yeah. everyone was out watching concerts. Yeah. I was performing. Yeah. I was in a play or doing a cabaret. I was or never learning, learning to be. Yeah. And so I'd see a lot of these people after. Yeah. They'd played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or before. I'd never, uh, you know, be part of the event. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. And. Uh, and uh, so, and I thought oh, I'm missing out. I didn't get that part of it. But then I realised I was absolutely the right person because mm. I wasn't part of it, because I could mm. see it. Because a lot of it was, wow, like, you've got to see them. That song's the best. Mm. This is, it's nothing to do with the music. Mm. The music happens, and we've used all music, lots of stuff that they haven't heard for years. Yeah, yeah. Some really good songs. Yeah. The early stuff is and amazing, I, I used right? a lot like, of their demo tapes. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because I wanted the live feel. And yeah. our actors were really good musicians as well. Yeah, yeah. And so they played... Yeah. as well yeah and our jordan jordan was our J jordan mooney who plays jordan yeah was just extraordinary and and jordan mooney is you know jordan luck who's a very uh well from my experience a very sweet person i, I didn't yeah. want to get to know them i didn't feel like i would get anything yeah yeah and i said listen we're not making mad about them i don't want to mimic them and play with the guitar pick balls and mm. you we're making a band about you this is you now. Mm. Your Dave Gent or your Jordan Luck is who Jordan Luck is. Mm. Not, oh, he says this or he shoots his head back. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's not happening. Listen, react, learn, listen, react. That's it. Yeah. And they were funny, fantastic. And we, I wanted to film it like a high-end rock docker. Because I love rock dockers. Mm. Some rock dockers, mm. which aren't fanboy shit, that have a story. Yeah. Like that one about the oh, massacre, Jonestown massacre, and yeah, 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 dig. 
Yeah, it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, I couldn't sing a song from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I know, you busted my sitar, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hysterical. Yes, it's got all the absurdity, all the pop, all the... And that fight on stage, yeah, yeah. it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to shoot it like a rock docker. So you guys, we're never going to say action. We're just going to, we're just going to watch you practice. And when you feel like the lines or whatever, you're ready, just go. And it had a real feel. And I'm really proud of it in that regard. And that lack of fear and changing. Some, you know, I remember we'd shot a whole scene, a big long scene, and Liv Tennant said, gosh, they're all sitting in this tiny van. Yeah. All five actors coiled up in blankets and sitting they said, wouldn't it be great to do the scene like that in here? And I looked at them and thought, yeah, it's good. It was a stupid old Hilux or something. They're all squashed in it, you know, as yeah. you were. Yeah. I said, fuck, you're right. And we reshot the whole scene. You know, I went back and said, let's do it again and do it this way. Yeah. And feeling the confidence to do that without feeling, oh, fuck, we're going to go over time. Oh, the producer's going to kill me. Oh, shit. You know, that stuff, I don't feel anymore. Yeah. I feel, fuck, yeah, no, that is better, great. If it's not working, well, let's try something else. Not, oh, we've done it now, pat on the head because we didn't... I don't do overtime anyway, it's amazing how you can work fast, but that confidence is everything. Yeah. And uh, I felt like this was the first time I've had that support and confidence. We had a really good producer, you know, uh, uh, Carmen Leonard and... Uh, it was it was just great to feel trusted in that way, and I didn't cost them money. I mm. created a good thing. The music I became very fond of, but it's the story yeah, of yeah. their friendship and complete catastrophe. A typical New Zealand band story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, typical people who think they're going to be together forever and then just imploding. Yeah, my story. Yeah, I don't know if it's yours. Seems like it. Does it? But, yeah, well, of course. There's a, <laughs> you've got to look at the reasons why, and you don't know. Well, you don't know. You don't know why, but there's something in you, I think, with your dilemmas and, and things, that partly blames yourself and partly what is are, proud of them. What are my dilemmas? Well, like this... this oh, you uh, need, like, you know, getting canned from the There must have stuff. been a thing saying, well, this is what I think, no one said it, I'm enjoying this. Did you not ever think of the consequences? No, not really. Did you think there would be one? No, I, I, it's never been um, that calculated or clinical or something for me. It's been about um, trusting, yeah, you're trusting right. that I'm doing the right thing by by writing okay. uh, most of my. Well, that's good. Most of my criticism of um, events or artifacts is around putting across my emotional response as a listener, as a viewer, as an audience member. That's what I want to put across. I obviously want to add in enough context that the reader can go, oh yeah, this person does actually know some shit. Like, they've, yeah. been, they've been to more than one concert. They've listened well, to more I, than I, one I, album. You know, like that. And, and, and because we've, we talked at the start about fandom and fans and, and what they're like, there's always going to be fans that are going to argue that I haven't listened enough or to enough of this yeah. one tiny little thing. But I've listened to more music than they've fucking listened to. And, and, I, I, and I get... Absolutely. And I get... You've got to have some critical distance, otherwise... Yeah. And what's wrong with engaging your critical faculties? Yeah. That's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah. It's fun. Exactly. You and know, I'm not there to say, wow, that was fantastic. I'm there to say, why was that bad and why was mm. that good? That's mm. the harder question. Mm. 
why am I right? Yeah. Why is, you know, those things, why is it good? I mean, my, that one worked and that one didn't. My dilemma is probably, my main dilemma in terms of the work I do is having ages ago putting all eggs in one basket and deciding to follow it and going, it's all going to fall into place eventually. Um, there's going to well, be that's a, true. There's going to be a market for what I do kind of thing, and there's not, and that, and if there was, it's, that's not it's true. closing. It's not a, it, what, it's the not problem a sustainable is it's market. Not a, it's not, it's true that it isn't a market. Yeah. Because it's not monetized. No, which is not what I got into it for, but at the same time, you've got to keep your power to it. But the thing is, the best things I've ever done, I've done for nothing. Yeah. And they've been the most profitable in the end. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's not that you want money to write more. No. You, just, you could write when you've got nothing. Yeah. But it's just money to have a life and your yeah, kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. uniforms or whatever yeah, yeah. the hell you've got to pay for. And That's what we need money for. And particularly when people ask you to do things for, like I always get these phone calls, I've stopped, I've st you know, and maybe this is self-sabotage thing or whatever, but a part of a dilemma as you put it, but... I've started getting a lot of phone calls from radio stations asking me to speak about a particular subject, but they, right. they, don't, they, don't, pay. But they don't pay at all, oh. you know. I mean, I'll, I'll do a slot on national radio and they'll pay, like, but but other stations will ring up and they'll want to comment on, you know, and, and some of them are real no-win situations. We want you to talk about well, you the know, new Lord single. Well, I don't need to be on the record about that. Well, you know, sometimes it pays to, if you want to win a lotto, you've got to buy a ticket, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes it pays to ask. Yeah. For instance, oh, I for think sure, I think sure. your your posts are worth paying for, and I know certainly that people well, out there, even if it's eight hundred people, one hundred people, yeah. paying five bucks a p I don't know how you can do you, would do it. When you leave today, I'll give you an invoice. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. You you know I came Vinny yeah. Vidi Vici I came I saw I invoiced yeah. that's not mine actually that's Dave's I always pinch Dave's good lines yeah um, but uh, you know that's true yeah and you know if you want money you've got to demand it sometimes oh for sure and uh, I get really pissed off with this idea that we're cheap yeah. our dues are not cheap yeah. you know bats and stuff eighteen bucks for a theatre fees and it's not subsidised anymore to the extent it was so these people are acting for how much yeah. What? What are they going to get a week? Oh, you know, a few, couple of hundred if they're lucky. Maybe 500, maybe 600 max. Yeah. Generally, a lot less. I said, and you're fucking buying Project Beer for nine bucks a bottle, seven bucks a bottle, what is it? Yeah, more, probably. I thought home brew was meant to be fucking cheaper. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, it's supposed to be. Well, sell it cheaper, yeah. I'll buy the shit. Yeah. Uh, but what? And I said, you're fucking saying two bottles of fucking Heineken are the same as, or Tuatar or whatever the yeah. hell, is an equivalent to a person walking your ass off in front of you for two hours. You know? Or the people won't pay. Well, they're not going to pay if you don't ask them. Oh, but then unemployed people won't come. Mm. Well, do they come anyway? Really? And really, they, they seem to be paying for their beers. Why aren't they paying more for your thing? Yeah. And we need to get away from this. If people have got to live. And... Otherwise, it will become amateur. Yeah. It is amateur. Well, it already is, isn't it? Yeah. It's semi-professional, for sure. I mean, I, I, I've asked the question with the radio stuff, and I've been told repeatedly, no, they just want a soundbite, but then it's like, why have they come to, like, I'm using their words here, but you'll get, you'll get an email saying, 
we want your expert opinion, but then the value that they put on that expert opinion is absolutely nothing. So I, I've done enough of that business yeah, card yeah. shit. Like I've done it for years. I've talked, you know, I'll talk to people. I'm not desperate to talk on the radio, but no. if if the radio or the TV or whatever wants me to have a sound bite on something, I've done it. But now I only want to do it if it really means something to me. Yeah, of course. Or, or if you're paying me but, for my time. No, but know? I think you would find that. John McCleary, look at that guy. Man, he's Renaissance man. Yeah. And he's such a sweetheart. Yeah. And uh, he was a fantastic actor. Yeah. I mean, that guy, when I started, I went to him in a play called by Stephen Polyakov called Hitting Town. Mm. And he played a cricket player. Mm. And he had, he had, weirdly enough, he's grown into himself. He was like a, had a, a world weariness then, the same, this sort of look. Slightly muscular, but hangdog and sexy ass and really cool. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I thought, fuck, he's the guy. Yeah. And yet he's got so many talents as a writer, songwriter, spines. I actually, not that I liked them, it was just I was flatmates with one of them, so I went to all their gigs. Yeah. They were great though. Him yeah. and, who was the drummer? Ross Burge. Ross Burge played, yeah. Yeah, and I saw Amazing a photo of him on the Facebook and it didn't have either Rob Marnie or Ross Burge in it. Yeah. What? I said, that's not the spines. <laughs> not the spines you knew. Yeah, and that's the only spines I knew. That had about. Oh, I know. Spinal tap, I, I, I love those guys. Oh, I, I, and Rob Barney, who I still love, and Joe, um, who I, you know, but Rob was so just sour fucking person up on stage. And Ross is mad. Ross fucking mad. Amazing drummer though. Oh, Great player. Terrific. But he had this. Yeah. He was. Bruno and but, yeah. and uh, really something well, else. It's still there. It's still there when you watch him play. You know, he plays a lot with Dave Dobbin now. Yeah, like, there's, but there's loads of things. And but he's he is such a great. Player. And he was a really good classical percussionist. I saw yeah. him in a thing called Eight Songs for a Mad King. Right. And he was he was an actor in it as well. He played the percussionist. You kept having to t walk off and grab the lead singer, actor, pianist guy back into. Performing, yeah. it's a mad piece. Oh look, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to bring this back to myself, but I. But I also don't want to um, have put across any sort of idea that I'm that I'll, that I'll only do things for money. I mean, we're, we're, no, we're no, doing no, this. No. We're doing this now, and I don't. You know, no, I'm, I'm it's not the doing, best thing in the world. But yeah. I think, I, I. You know, what do you need? Food. Uh, but I do think that you're worth it. Put it that way. Well, thanks, and, and, and I do uh, too. I'm, you know, I don't, the, I'm not. I'm not so down on myself that I'm worried about my. No, well, that's good because you. You certainly. Um, we, I, I, unfortunately, we're not a, a big enough country yet to. People, that we can people like us or yeah. you can afford to live. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. And we're often trapped in council flats and not listened to. Yeah. Because it's all got to be the good news. I guess absolutely I'm, positively you know, fucking Wellington. I figure something will fall into my lap. Like one day I'll interview someone and they might need a script edited or proofread or something. Well, I'm they, your man. They, they might have some work for me. You know, I, like, I, don't, I, get the, I don't know, I know. How, how, how that could possibly fall into place. But you know, one day, I'll, one day I'll work out well, how to ask. Do I, I, I love it because again, I'm not. <laughs> People think everyone's got to do their own ideas, and I'm over yeah. my own ideas. Yeah, yeah. I'm really over them because yeah. I I feel like I'm copying myself, and yeah. sometimes the things you think you I've got to do this, this is my thing, and blah blah blah, and turns into a boring plod, and you watch <laughs> and think, God, that's awful. And then some job which you don't think you'd have any affinity with, yeah, uh, like writer's love, turns out to be the most what? fun and best work you do. And what the fuck? So. I like the fact of, in, in fact, 
interpreting stuff yeah. gives you a lot more freedom oh, well, than go. composition. Here's the next way. idea. You go back to Cabaret and you perform a Cabaret series of songs that you've created where you sing my most scathing reviews. That I would do. <laughs> there you go. That, that would do. What's that album report on experience? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Yes, yeah. About those gangsters talking yeah. over music. I love that idea. Yeah. Um, That's a great idea. <laughs> I think that is actually, I'd go to that. Should we should we finish there, or is there, what do you want to put across before we finish? Like I I, I want to talk to you again already because oh no well I really all I'm saying is I think that um, I treasure criticism, and I mean even negative ones, and I've given it out so I can't mm. you know I I'm not trying to say I hate anyone because I really don't no no uh, but but you seem to understand it as a, as a crucial part of. Uh, or part of or link to the idea of any kind of art or performance. Yeah, you, you know, you know engage your, yeah. being, engaging your critical faculties yeah. is as much a good part of it as just loving it, yeah. whatever that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or liking it <laughs> yeah, with the big or, thumb. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm engaged, even by th- shit that may not be good. Yeah. What is good? You know, I had the writing guy come to me and what is love? You know, oh, I don't. The lighting's no. I want no. Don't want there to be bad lighting in it. Yeah. I said, what the hell is bad lighting? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Lighting that doesn't look like that, or that. Does <laughs> shit happen in what lighting? What are you trying to do with the lighting? And uh, you know, I'm I'm want to question those. Yeah. And when you once you've done it and learnt the difference, you can do that. And that's where I'm at now. Right where I'm completely out of work. So that's all I, I was just going to. That's where I wanted to end. It was like, what, what, what's next? Nothing. No, no. I've got some things that I want to do. Yeah. Doing this has been a real pleasure, and uh, I hate the fact that I had to put myself forward, and that's a very arrogant thing to do. No, no, uh, no. You, but, you, you know what? That's not true. You were always on my list of people to talk to, but I just periodically I've started chucking out on Facebook because you know I, I'd do this podcast if it was just for me. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm doing it for me. I am hoping there's an audience for it. One day I'm hoping there's a paying audience for it. But I'm doing it for me. And so I want to talk to people I want to talk to. And you're on that list. But I want to also put out to people, as you say, you've got this, we have these communities, like on Facebook. If I'm going to shove the finished product under their nose every week and say, here's the latest podcast, like it, please listen to it, then I feel like a good engagement is to go, hey, who do you want to hear? Um, you know, and have people make suggestions because I'm one of these terrible people when I say it's on the list, all of the lists I have of library books I want to read of things I want to see, records I still need to buy, they're all in my head people I want to interview, and I should have, you know, OneDrive set up with all these different notes like my wife wants me to do, but that's just not how I operate, they're they're all in my head so things drop in and drop out Yeah. you (laughs) exercise that good old fashioned ego slash chops of putting yourself forward and going fucking interview me when I ask <laughs> and now, see now talking to you I know exactly why you did that <laughs> it all well, falls into place I really thank you for it so, yeah. and I've encouraged the listeners just to that's right listen and do your thing man It's and get good at it and then show people before you you know I think a lot of people perform have a need for self expression that exceeds their ability to express themselves and Practice it. You know, it's like magicians. Yeah. Make sure you master the trick. Yeah, yeah. Don't let people know how you did it. I will, um, I hope you'll come back and talk again. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for the coffee. Yeah. Wonderful.
Oh, 